0: Hello everyone and welcome to Monty and Mickey, the Geek Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be doing a Christmas episode, but some of you might not consider this one a Christmas episode because today we're going to be covering debated Christmas movies. And uh, if you're following along in our Facebook page, uh, we kind of had a poll and kind of asked you to, to name some of those Christmas movies that maybe you consider a Christmas movie, but other people don't, and, you know, the normal ones that come up. So we uh, we decided to, we landed on three movies that we thought would be best to represent that that subgenre or category. Uh, before I go any further, uh, I'm Monty. I'm Mickey. Uh, we're, uh, we're, like I said, we're going to be covering this today. Uh, we're going to be covering Batman Returns uh gremlins and die hard of course you can't you can't talk about debating christmas movies without talking about die hard
1: those last last two you mentioned are always first and second on the list right
0: right exactly um so so yeah so we're gonna dive into that a little bit kind of talk about what makes it a christmas movie or what maybe doesn't make them a christmas movie uh but uh before we do that uh i'd like to kind of start out by like we usually do talking about our kind of like in the news things that if you're new to monty and mickey uh just as we we reserve this first couple minutes of the episode just to talk about some of the more exciting things that are happening in the world of uh pop culture and uh geekdom or you know comic con i guess related news uh so um uh, mickey if you want to go ahead and start us out what uh what are some of the things that we talked about in, uh, or we had posted in the the Monty Mickey Facebook? Well, page?
1: I, I'm not even. I don't think you posted this, but I just saw on Facebook within breaking within the last hour from ComicBook.com Star Wars Hayden Christensen, mm-hmm. Anakin, is returning to play Darth Vader in the Obi Wan Obi Wan series.
0: So I didn't get a chance to post that. I did see that about an hour ago. Not even as well. Um, so yeah. There was a shareholders meeting of some sorts that Disney had today. And a part of that, it was, you know, a a big online event. I just barely, I just got like the footnotes of it. Didn't really, wasn't really paying attention that close. I just found out about it today. But essentially they went through and announced um, there's going to be 10 more Marvel movies or TV shows released within the next two or three years. And ten more Star Wars related movies or TV shows, at least, at least that we know about that they that they officially announced. No kidding. So we were aware of Kenobi. Um, so in terms of what that means or how that falls in the the Star Wars timeline, uh, so essentially Kenobi picks up where uh, the uh, Revenge of the Sith leaves off. So. It's it's kind of it's it's Obi-Wan Kenobi's journey on Tatooine and and him kind of like hanging out in the shadows, uh, protecting uh, Luke as a baby or like kind of protecting that secret. So what he was talking about is uh, hidden Christensen. Is that so the guy who played Anakin or Darth Vader in the prequel trilogies is coming back. He's reprising his role as essentially Darth Vader. Uh, and so what that really means is we're going to see a couple different um, interactions. One, obviously, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi, which uh, besides, you know, I mean, obviously the history and the prequels and everything. But besides what we saw in A New Hope, we didn't, you know, really get to see them interact much.
1: No, yeah, ben, Obi, Obi-Wan went away right
0: away. And the other, the other interaction that we're going to see that's it, been heavily either, and it's so hard to know, like, I've seen previews of this series, and it's like, I don't know what is, I, I, I don't know what is, like, fan-made and real, because it's like, it almost feels like we're at this point where it's like somebody could make something that looks legit, and I'm like, is this from lucas is this from disney or is this a fan made thing and i think it's a real real uh it looks real it's ewan mcgregor like in footage that hasn't been in any of the other movies
1: so a lot better than the holiday special right (laughs) right it's It's done well
0: yeah and and so but i guess what i'm saying is it it was just hard to tell like i didn't want to get too excited about it but it's it's very much heavily implied slash directly said that he's going to meet up with um darth maul again
1: not in that movie or in the in movie. this tv show in the kenobi series oh, yes really? yep which starts filming in january it says there. right i
0: saw something that said it's gonna start filming in boston in january so of course all these people like put stuff like in the comments like <laughs> luke skywalker <laughs> hey get yeah. over hey, here it's freaking cold <laughs> here <laughs> yeah, right are we on hoth here <laughs> right so there's a lot of there's a lot of fun that people have had with that but yeah exactly so but that's that's why it was like is this real or not because if they haven't even started filming how did they crank out of this like future length trailer already but anyway so yes kenobi that that's been an ongoing news source but like the fact that he's coming back i think it really it kind of it just makes sense and it it helps to kind of bridge that gap i think and and uh really it's going what it's going to do with all of these tv shows that are coming out in the disney plus uh streaming service is that we're going to see a way more expansive universe that is going to fill in a lot of gaps and probably even i would imagine jump way back to like knights of the old republic and jump way forward i I could see just a lot of a lot of filling in the gaps and and even like sidestepping kind of like what the mandalorian is doing where we follow characters that aren't part of the, weren't part of those main trilogies.
1: And on that note, as I called it, Ashoka, you pronounce it right now.
0: Ahsoka Sh- Tana?
1: Yeah. It's a new original series starring Resor- Rosario Dawson, which, yep. you know, she's kind of yummy. <coughs> and set within the timeline of The Mandalorian, as you just mentioned. So it's right. on Disney Plus, too.
0: So uh, if you're caught up with The Mandalorian, uh, you know that Ahsoka Tana... So I'm going to pronounce it You're wrong. you saying it way better than I am. Um, she made her first live action appearance. Obviously, she was in uh, Rebels and Clone Wars, the animated series that were, I think, on like Cartoon Network or something at one point that are canon in the Star Wars universe. And what makes this, like I said, it was such a big deal is because it was the first time she was portrayed as live action. But because it was canon, it had this weird like half foot in, half foot out. Um, but her having her own show uh for those of you that haven't watched the those two animated series which would include mickey and i yeah. there's actually a list of like here are the episodes that you should watch to kind of like basically get yourself up to speed oh, really? on, without having to go through the without because ha- there's they're pretty substantial there's like seven seasons of, and there's quite a few episodes in each right? a lot of at least 10 i think per season yeah. So there's a it. lot of backstory, a lot of things going. I mean, those those uh, Mandalorians that he runs into on that water planet, those were uh, part of the Star Wars Rebels. I think the the Owls or the the Owl Mandalorian people or so, yeah. There's some I don't know, but anyways, <laughs> I guess my point being is, it's just like watching a Marvel movie out of context, right? If you pick up like Ant Man and the Wasp, you can enjoy that movie on mm-hmm. its own if you haven't seen did. any. Okay, so that was the first one of the first ones you one watched?
1: First, yeah, before I so, t- started talking to you about it and got all geeked up about it. And you can enjoy that.
0: It's Paul Rudd. It's funny. It's you funny, know. yeah. But you enjoy it more when you know all the backstories and the little nods and the little comments that really don't – that seem to come out of nowhere.
1: It's part of a storyline, yeah. yeah.
0: This is the same concept, right? So – if you had watched those, you would have picked up and you would have just been like freaking out because it's like, it's her. It's, it's, it's a real life version of her. So, um, so yeah, so that, that's another one that, that obviously, uh, <laughs> another reason why I would, I'm going to want to, uh, you know, keep Disney plus and keep paying for oh, it. Yeah. Um, no if doubt it, about it, if, if Dave Filoni and, uh, John Favreau. Jeff Favreau and all the rest of them, um, Ron Howard's, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard? Yeah. Dallas? yeah. yeah. Um, if all of those guys and girls uh, are involved again, I, I'm i just excited to see what it – and as Mickey and I were kind of talking before this episode, um, it's just it, – what the Star Wars universe is going to explode into is going to have a lot of interconnected storylines that are going to – essentially, it's going to be bigger than the MCU uh, if it's not already been – you know, and I, really? I, I just think that that's a fairly
1: bold statement. I mean, just, yeah, but just because of all the TV series and everything, the
0: that TV did. series, the uh, live action movie, you know, they're going to they're going to be seriously looking at developing another trilogy soon. Sure. Whether or not that's a Knights of the Old Republic or they continue with Ray or they sidestep it. And it's like, you know, they talk they have a, a, a trilogy that is, you know, between uh, the first. Uh, trilogy and the second trilogy or the second trilogy and third trilogy or you know there's just a lot a lot that is now possible that was really just like you know you guys when you were in college watching these vhs tapes thinking like oh my god can you imagine if there was a movie about boba fett yeah oh my god now look at what we have so so it's like those types of things like a r-rated darth vader movie that's Completely within the realms of what oh, Disney sure. could do, you know? Oh. Um, so, in even uh, a, a movie focused solely on raising Jedi and, like, following a young Pad Jedi stuff. as he grows up. And, yeah. So, there's just a lot. And, and not even just the dark side and the light side, but just like we've seen with The Mandalorian. Like, these, what I would call, adjacent stories, you know, that, that like, really yeah, expand. He's neutral. Right,
1: like bounty hunters just don't care which other side they're helping. Right, I
0: mean, I don't know about you, but I'd like to see what the heck happened to Jabba the Hutt in between Phantom Menace and Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you know what I mean. So Mm -hmm. it's like those types of stories that are so rich already, just on their own. There's so much that you could expand on, and there's a lot of comic books and storylines and subplots that never seen. You know, I mean, look at all that is just with you know the kyber crystals and everything that we talked about with abby think of i mean that there could be a whole movie of just luke skywalker creating the green lightsaber Lightsaber, you know what i mean like so that i guess is and i don't want to beat a dead horse here but no but i mean
1: just i mean maybe it's a fair statement to say it could be even more the mcu but um just because it's been around for so much longer i would say because the mcu is pretty impressive by itself but yeah but right. there's not as many TV shows and all that and Star Wars has got the longevity. Yeah. But if they do it right, like like they have so far with The Mandalorian, it could be yeah. at least as big if not bigger.
0: And I think that they they kind of they probably tested The Mandalorian to see where people cuz I I think that that is one of those unique franchises, whatever you want to call it, that most Star Wars from the people that are original trilogy, you know, idealists or purists to people who love the sequel trilogy and people who love the prequel trilogy i think that everybody pretty much agrees that this is a good star wars yeah. product like yep. nobody has a whole lot of criticism and i think that's because of the work and the lore and the tension to detail that john Favreau brings to and this day production and Dave four yeah, those guys so i think good. that you you basically got to the point where you got the right people yeah. doing the job
1: well they i mean they're my age are a little older, so they grew up watching these movies, so it's right. in their blood,
0: right? And they, they, like, like you've said in the past, these these guys are fans, you know? yeah. So big they, time. They, uh-huh. they, know things in and out, and not just just doing it, just kind of phoning it in or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, anything else that really? Well, it's all Star Wars related. Um, there's there's a Nerf gun, or, or, yeah, one hundred
0: and twenty one dollar Nerf yeah, gun. That's the Mandalorian sniper rifle. Yeah,
1: yeah. um, then. As you pointed out, there's a Star Wars holiday special unreleased DVD movie, which basically somebody dubbed it or burned it to DVD. So I found, I
0: started digging and I actually found a couple copies of this floating around out there on eBay. But they so weren't think, originally store bought. I don't know. It's so hard. It's like, it's either a really, really good copy that somebody, like, took and, like, put a sticker over the yeah, DVD. Yeah, I think that's or, what
1: it is. Like, you know, with today's technology, they just made a really good case I, for it. I even found a Blu-ray copy. Oh, really? Yeah. I, mean, the, I wonder if, how you could have pretty Somebody
0: good. Somebody grabbed it and up-converted it from VHS, because that's, right. that's that's all that, like, if you, like, it's kind of like a uh, tongue-in-cheek, like, joke on the back, and they basically talk about how, like... Oh, so you didn't record this? Well, we did, and yeah. like, oh, so you're one of the like five people that actually recorded this thing live. Well,
1: one of them was like they just basically mocking the movie, but the other one looks like it's actually, it says close up. It's actually kind of a legitimate, yeah, description of the movie. So right, right. Maybe there they there found was that like too. two
0: different versions. Like there was one that was guy like they were both selling them for like fifteen or twenty bucks. Yeah. And I don't know. So anyways, like I had mentioned, it's either way underpriced for how rare it is or yeah, right. way overpriced for the content that But the, on it.
1: those casings, they look very professionally done. Yeah. That's what that's what threw me off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like
0: it's like they took like actual images, still images from it and like I don't know. So yeah. anyways,
1: well, and I mean like you said, part of me doesn't want it because even George Lucas wanted so little to do with it. He wanted to burn all the copies, but because it's folklore and such you know such value to it because it's you know a piece of crap nobody wants there's more value because nobody wants it right. so i kind of wanted just to have it in my collection you know
0: yeah and they um i did end up watching and i don't know if we're going to do a, a holiday or like a christmas another christmas episode on that but i did end up watching the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, that was really good. And I thought that was pretty – it was, you know, it was meant for kids, but it was a good show. Sure. Good good, show, good, good uh, Star Wars, you know, yeah, Lego, you know, it was really good. It played on a lot of those, like, past and present Star Wars characters. Oh, yeah, you know? every movie was kind of included, so. and
1: there's some good humor in it, too. So. Right,
0: right, and that, that's always been something that Lego has brought. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, anything else? I guess – HBO is now going to uh, have their movies be streamed on HBO max and in the theater on the same day. That's what that is about uh, for no extra cost to the subscribers. So that's interesting. Um, I, I, like I said, I got to figure out how I'm going to sneak in with like a free trial and then get out of there, but we'll, uh, we'll see.
1: Bet you won't be the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: anything else i don't think we really had any no that's more.
1: i mean it's mostly star wars based but yeah that's that's about that we've had recently so
0: as we're 16 17 minutes in yeah no, we <laughs> so
1: you know how to talk anyways
0: uh so uh the uh the first movie that we're gonna cover today uh was gremlins right sure. so let's uh let's let's talk about gremlins for a second um First of all, before we get into all three of them, uh, we so we uh, we talked about how like some these movies are debated Christmas movies, and I guess the criteria for a debated Christmas movie is pretty simple, right? Some people watch these movies every year at Christmas time, and they think that they are part of their tradition. Uh, they're part of their culture, uh, if you will. And other people look at these movies and say, well, maybe they're a good movie, but I do not consider this a Christmas movie. It is – it's one of the – the and we, like I said, we're going to be talking about Die Hard. Die Hard is a perfect example of this. It's a movie that people debate about all the time on the internet. It's every year around Christmas time, it gets brought up and people are like, it's a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. It's an action movie. And so we figured – just kind of like playing on that, and, and you know, being a part of that holiday tradition or holiday spirit. We'll, uh, we just wanted to talk through some of these. So,
1: well, a lot of Christmas movies. Sorry to cut you off, but no, A lot of Christmas movies, you kind of only want to watch them during that time of year. Mm-hmm. These movies, you want to maybe watch because they're they're being shown on TV, especially Gremlins. That's I actually recorded it on my dish, but um, these are the kind of movies you can also watch elsewhere in the year and not feel like you're the hell am i watching a christmas movie right so that's what that's where the the boundary is you know
0: yeah yeah exactly and and but it's they know that they're some people consider them christmas movies so they're going to show them yeah because you know, christmas is
1: going on throughout the entire movie in all three cases right but, yeah.
0: right and um and we've talked about this before but if you can get and i think this is why some of these movies are so well received even after all these years uh, because I didn't even look at the dates on these like 88 1984 for Grammar. 84 88 and 92, 92. For, yep, 92 so we're for talking Grammar. about movies that are almost it's, two of them are older than me and one yeah, of them true. came out when I was 2 years old excuse me um yeah me too <laughs> um <laughs> anyways uh but we so the whole point though is that these are good movies that are worth talking about so let's start out with gremlins so the basic premise of it is that there is this uh, I, I don't even think it's that much of a stretch to say semi-sentient being yeah. that uh, exists that has these three rules right it speaks English even so, it speaks yeah, yeah it can it communicate it's it's basically a little furby you know and I think that basically you, you could almost even make the argument that he was the precursor to baby Yoda or, Groku right. or you know? Yeah. He's so, called a
1: mogwai, but I mean, yeah, he's it's, got it's, human it's characteristics that, yeah,
0: it's that, that style, that cute little thing that, that kind of, you know, we love, you know, to, to be like, you know, it just, it's just something that people are naturally drawn to. Same ears and everything. I yeah, exactly. Same ears, about the same size. Um, So, the three rules, obviously, uh, can't get them wet, they don't like bright lights, and you can't feed them after midnight. That last one always gets most people, and people I'm sure that hate this movie, well, it's midnight in New York, but is it midnight in Chicago, and... What about if you're like what? What about in the morning? It's six o'clock in the morning. Is that after midnight? Yeah. So
1: and you can feed them at eleven forty-five when they're fine, but two minutes right. after midnight, it's there's
0: gone. yeah. So clearly, there's some you know they didn't. It, it's not a bulletproof concept. But, but I do
1: like the fact that each one of those rules has a different impact. Mm-hmm. Like right, like water makes them reproduce. Yep, the light will kill them, and feed them after midnight turns them into gremlins. So each each factor does have a different you know result
0: right right so. um and I'm, I'm gonna get into like as i was watching this movie i'm re-watching this one because i i'd seen it before but kind of you a know how to did definitely needed a refresher on it yeah um there were some things that i some thoughts that came up mm-hmm. in my head and i'll leave that till the end of this this discussion um but yeah so First, first reason why I, in my opinion, and, and spoiler alert, we, I, I didn't talk to Mickey beforehand, but I think we bo- all, we think all of these movies are Christmas movies, I agree. right? Okay. Yep. Um, so number one reason why this Christmas, mo- this movie is a Christmas movie with, along with the other ones, it takes place on Christmas Eve, right? right. What, when, when, when you, when you get down to it, what is, determines that it's a Christmas movie, right? It takes place during the holidays. It takes place during Christmas. Two. There's snow on the ground. Even if you live in California, if there's snow on the ground, that automatically it doesn't make you think of February. No. It makes you think of Christmas, right? right? There's Christmas decorations. People are getting Christmas presents. I mean, the list goes on and on well, and the first on and scene on. In the
1: movie, he's shopping for a gift for his kid for Christmas. Right. The very first scene, it starts the, off with Christmas. The thing.
0: Gremlin is a christmas gift. Yes. The Mogwai is a christmas he's gift. He's
1: trying to sell one of his inventions but he's also looking for a gift for his kid. Exactly. Yep.
0: So that to me it's like okay so what so what is 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 for christmas movies more of a christmas movie than what what makes it like why would this not be a christmas it's it got my, the word you know in the, in the it, title. Be, well, yeah or i mean santa claus i what, but what is it? Does, it does it have to be like about a fa- i mean it's about a family on christmas i mean the, the, the list keeps going on and, yeah. like the more
1: that i talk about this movie the more i'm like this is a christmas movie just because it's a horror movie i mean that's s- the only thing i was gonna say I, I thought about it as i'm watching possibly they don't because it's and it's hard to say it's a horror movie The gremlins are more funny as they're right, it's like a comedy horror, yeah. It doesn't really freak you out, and as a typical 80s movie, it starts out kind of slow, right? It takes a while for the action to start, and even at the end, it's kind of anticlimactic, like the Halloween movies we talked about that were based in the 80s, right? But like you say, because it's kind of a horror thriller movie, maybe that's why people don't consider it Christmas, yeah. But Christmas pukes all over this movie,
0: yeah, and and it's the, 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 then if, if you were going to use that, I guess what I'm saying is I'm poking holes in anybody's possible argument for why this wouldn't be a Christmas movie because then is Krampus not
1: a Christmas movie? Right.
0: It's about a, a, a spirit that comes and visits people on Christmas Eve. How much more Christmas can you get? I mean, do we need to have the baby Jesus and Santa Claus doing the tango in front of a fireplace? I yeah, mean, the, I, like I kind of want to see
1: that. <laughs> what what is the, you know, so I guess Well, Even a Nightmare Before Christmas is debated. It's right. got the word Christmas in the title and that's debated right. as a Christmas movie.
0: Well, something. and I've had people ask me people that know that I'm a fan of that, which I I'm a fan, but it's not like something that I watch all the time. Oh, it's but it's a, a good movie. It's a good it's movie. Tim Burton. Um but they ask me. So is that a Halloween movie or a Christmas right, movie? You know. So problem, yeah. that I think that's that could be. But that but then I would go on out of a limb and say, why not both? Why can't it be both? Yeah. Why can't you watch it during Halloween and during? Christmas? It has to be labeled one. There like, is only one. Like so, I guess. And at the end of the day, watch whatever you want. Right, I mean, if, if you if, want. if you want to watch, you know, Ghostbusters on Christmas Eve, go ahead. You yeah. know. Yep. But anyways, uh, which I think that that one even came on the list. Hardly enough. Ghostbusters two, maybe one of yeah, them. Yeah, I think, they, it, think they, 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 yeah. it was. It like, but anyways. Yeah, I think it was. Um, so I guess that that would be my kind of the way that I would approach this movie. Is number one, yes, it is. A, they talk about Christmas. I mean, I mean, the whole thing about the reason why the love interest isn't uh, a fan of Christmas. Holy bars Yeah, that. Uh, that took a dark turn. Yeah, right. I'm not gonna lie.
1: And it's, I mean, it's he was dressed up as Santa and right and that's coming down the chimney and hell. snapped his neck and yeah. got
0: stuck in the chimney. Yeah. that's pretty. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, that took a took a t- t- dark turn.
1: I forgot that was seen because I was 10 when this came out. While I'm old, <laughs> but I mean, so I I'm not paying attention to that dark no, scene at the no. time when I saw it the first time. <laughs> when and,
0: we get to Batman Returns, there's some lines that the Penguin has in there that I'm like. Wow, oh, yeah. that made it into a Batman movie, okay? Right. Exactly. Uh, but and, um, and Tim Burton. Well, yeah, it, that's hence the reason why those types of lines made it. But yeah. um, so, so yeah, I guess that would be. It, it's kind of like when you take a step back because when I was when she was going and going through the whole thing because I remembered hearing about it and I actually listened to a podcast about it like a year ago about how that was kind of like weird, misplaced. It did fit into the movie. I yeah. felt like it did fit well. She
1: said she hates Christmas basically. And well, that's her ex-
0: Yeah, and then she explained why. But it also was like I was sitting there like I literally was sitting there watching this with my eyes like wide open as she was like, s- describing this. I'm like,
1: oh my God. Like yeah. I think
0: I audibly was like Wow, you don't expect like, that
1: kind of darkness in this movie, even yeah. with little monsters running around. You,
0: yeah, it it just kind of comes out of nowhere, but it's part of the movie. Um, anything else? I've got some like fan theory, not fan theories, my fan theories that I got to like kind of round out this portion of the episode. But anything else that well, you wanted just, to like
1: to touch promote on? the whole Christmas idea of it? There's Christmas songs in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I mean. Certain scenes have actual Christmas songs, and I liked how one, um, I can't remember what it was, but one of the songs was kind of oh, Silent Night was made into an eerie, ominous version, right, 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 to fit the scene. But it was uh, obviously Silent Night, the song. But I mean, it's part of the soundtrack. That's a pretty good giveaway. It's a Christmas movie. I'm sorry.
0: She was watching It's a Wonderful Life on her black and white TV. I mean. I don't so, know if
1: you know anything about that movie, but it's
0: a, it's Christmas a pretty movie. good one, I think. Um, but uh but yeah, and, and I like it cause, cause, just because my wife would agree with her that th- she's like this is such a sad movie and it's like I there, people look at that movie two ways, but anyways, that, yeah. we had talked about that already. Yeah. Um, I also just want to point out the fact that that mom is a badass. She kills 3 of yeah. them right away without and then almost killed it. the fourth one. Yeah,
1: put it in the microwave too. That was it's that like was Holy
0: cow. Like yeah. and and I love that she had her wits about her. Like I hate it with these people that are like, "Oh no, what
1: do I do?" It I'm
0: going to I'm going to come upstairs in an unknown situation without any type of weapon. And
1: she's four times the size of one of these things. No matter what they're capable of, you're still bigger, you know? Right.
0: Right, and that's what, she, she used that to her advantage, yeah. you know, and obviously. But put, like
1: you said, she's a badass. She, she's like, she doesn't, even she's thinking. Like, she doesn't F around, she walks up the stairs with a knife, she and makes, then she grabs two more knives. She puts one in a microwave, and just, yeah. boop, boop, I mean, that I, one was kind of gross looking, actually.
0: So, so I guess that was, like, established, I guess, for the lore of it all, that they can be killed, and that was like, I think it was important to kind of establish that right off the bat, is that these they're not invincible you know? Well,
1: and it, along those lines they they're not invincible but they they are very quick learners and very resourceful they that's... know how to do everything immediately do you know how to rewire the traffic lights not after i was I just don't... spawned yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly. so that's and that and i'm gonna get to my like i guess i could dive into it now but that's what i was saying the semi-sentient creatures like these are like i think my theory my theory about the gremlins the mogwai is they are an ancient alien race that were discovered by the Chinese.
1: I love Ancient Aliens, the show on History. I love that show, so that's right. On I my haven't
0: mind. been able to get into that, but they're they're an ancient alien race that came to Earth, however long ago. They were discovered, and then a There's select a lot of real group of people found out who they were and how they were you know all these rules and everything and it's been passed on from generation to generation but the only way they reproduce is obviously getting wet so there's like this whole thing so i think that like when you start talking about fairies and goblins and trolls and all that stuff some of these could be the real life version of that that were written into our fairy tales or into folklore that were eventually just died off or such a limited population and they're like I guess asexual. I don't even know what they would be called. Well, but that, their term is for something that reproduces on its own.
1: Well, without, it, yeah, like you said, it's like you get it wet and it just starts popping. Yeah, off its bed. that it spawns. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Um. So that's my theory about what the, because that's the only way that you can you can like correctly and accurately justify how well they're able to learn things so quickly. Right. Like that's the only way. And like you said, excuse me, they just spawned. They were like literally an hour old and he's like Usually wiring a up a you know yeah. yeah. So I I just that's the only way is that they're like some extraterrestrial being that lives on a planet. You now hear me out, lives on a planet with no water or a very limited water source.
1: No sun possibly. The
0: sun is so far away that the, the light and anything that would come to them is is very, very dim. That they, they live in like like moonlight style conditions and they're like a 12 hour hour clock they're they are the apex predator on their planet though so everything else is shrunk or the character or the you know so they are like a you know in their in their world in their planet they have other creatures that are like their size or like similar size so that that's my tangent of like my fan theory, what was going through my head as i was watching this kind of like how do you explain this how do you explain insane intelligence that's funny that you, you know
1: because i never thought of that but like you saw that that show ancient aliens there's legitimate not about the gremlins but i mean the show starts off we are not alone we have never been alone because extraterrestrial um contact and and evidence has been around for thousands and thousands of years if you want to look at it and and yeah. not deny it, you know, so. the and I, I never thought of that, that, but that's pretty brilliant, man. I don't know if this
0: is like a weird, like, fake tabloid news thing, but apparently the prime minister of Israel came out and said Trump was on the verge of proving, alien. Oh. You know, proving alien existence, and that was like what I, what I took of that as that's why he created the Space Force.
1: Well, <laughs> funny you say that. One of the shows, and we won't go much further than this, but one of the episodes of Ancient Aliens actually talks about how um a lot of the presidents have knowledge of extraterrestrial and they've right. had contact with them while they were in office only certain ones were allowed to have that contact to be trusted with it to not blab it on yeah. but i mean presidents have had contact with alien life stuff because you know they're just one of the most powerful people on the planet so
0: apparently and like i said again who knows how much of this is true but apparently there's some se- president's book of secrets That's that right. like when exactly. you are sworn in you get the knowledge of that information, and that's why a lot of people think that, like, these people run on these platforms and make all these promises, and then they find out that information, and like, oh, that's why we can't do that.
1: Ed and I were talking about that at work just the other day. Oh, really? It's funny to okay. bring that, like, because he's not a huge Trump fan, and I I fall somewhere in between, but he was saying, imagine what he's going to do with that information. <laughs> so we started talking about <laughs> that. So, because he, he likes to, you know, s- spread his knowledge, so to right, speak, right. like, you know? Right. So,
0: <laughs> um, so anyway, so that's my that's my little that's brilliant tidbit of a little that. yeah and can so so then take it a step further because there was a Gremlins two, yeah, I mean, that was in like took place inside of a building the like new a skyscraper batch, it was called yeah there wasn't a third one though
1: I believe they learned their lesson after the second one <laughs>
0: so so I because they want to reboot everything nowadays yes, of course. so imagine a Gremlins movie that takes place like thousands of years in the past and they come to Earth. Yeah, and the that would be cool craziness the
1: along the lines of Planet of the Apes or something like that. Maybe, right,
0: right, know. right, right. Exactly, where they kind of rebooted slash continued on the franchise. Yeah.
1: And so. the thing is, as I'm watching that movie, there, there's some cheesy parts because it's an '80s movie, but those gremlins really seem somewhat realistic and believable. You know, they don't look like they're strings and you're mm-hmm. like puppets or something.
0: There was a lot of uh, work done on the special effects side of things Must have and been. they uh like i said I, I i listened to a podcast about it and they like all the hoops that they jump through just like every other movie in the 80s they tried to get a monkey to do it and it just didn't work out <laughs> they tried to like put a costume on a monkey and train monkey and it just well they should have had out.
1: Corey feldman and judge reinhold like every other 80s movie because i forgot those two were even in the movie
0: who who, who were those who characters were though
1: uh, Judge Reinhold was the was the mean guy that was picking on um the main character early on in the movie. Oh okay. And then okay. Corey Feldman's his friend. Oh. But those two were in every eighties movie, so oh, I forgot gotcha. they were in this one. Gotcha. It's like oh yeah, there they are. So yeah, maybe those other ones failed with the monkeys because they didn't have those two actors in them.
0: I just <laughs> want to also say the other reason why I love this movie so much is there's a romantic side of it that's not in your face. Yeah. It does You don't even have, know
1: if they really end up. I guess you see them end up together. Yeah,
0: but but to me, like there's certain movies that are romantic comedies, and there are like that's what it is. But this movie didn't need that. No. It complemented the the plot, and I, I feel like there's a really delicate balance between that. Like in some of these movies, you you see it, and it's just like ah, that was just too forced, you know? Right. So, anyway. this
1: was like their date. They right. They were gonna go on he a or out. And then all hell breaks loose and it ends up being their date just chasing away from the gremlins and trying to kill them and all that stuff. So. Yeah. And that's a hell of yeah. a first date to live up to, though.
0: So, but anyways, that's that's uh, that's what I got to say about gremlins. Anything else that you kind of, any other reason, could you find any reason why it wasn't a Christmas movie? Not really, no. I mean, like you say, horror? other than the horror
1: f- flick part, maybe that's why people don't want to accept it, but...
0: Right. Bah right humbug t- to that. Bah <laughs> humbug and a happy new year.
1: Um, so...
0: Let's move on to Die Hard now. Uh, Arguably one of the most argued movies. Arguably one of the most argued movies. uh, As far as a Christmas uh, versus non-Christmas movie. And I think that this movie has... The people that are in the non-Christmas movie camp have a little bit more of a leg to stand on in this movie. Just a little. Sure. And here's why. I'll, I'll, I'll explain why I think that this... The reasons why could be legitimate. Number one, it takes place in L.A. so that there's no snow or anything like that. So it's, it's not an in-your-face Christmas movie, right? You have most of the movie is an action movie. Like, so what I would say by that is you could be in the middle of the movie and forget that it's a Christmas movie. There's not like constant reminders that it's the holiday season or it's during Christmas or it takes place you know, at that time. Um, there's not like a super strong family element. There's the characters that are obviously husband and wife or separated husband and wife, but there's they're not, not together like throughout most of the
1: movie they're not right. together. There's no
0: kids, there's no um, you know, Santa, there's no none of that wait, wait, reference to Santa, but not not yeah. like a in your face. So I think that those for those reasons there are legitimate things that people could say this is not a Christmas movie. Mickey, said that, what do you? Wh- why is it a Christmas movie?
1: Well, I mean, again, right off the bat, there's Christmas. I mean, it starts off with Christmas theme right off the bat. There's Christmas songs in the soundtrack and in the background as scenes mm-hmm. are going on. Um, and at, the first guy he kills, he puts the Santa hat on and puts "ho ho ho" on his shirt. Yep. I mean, now I have a machine gun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not not the most blessed Christmas message but it says ho 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 so right i mean and like you say it's a lot of action pack stuff but even at the end you could see they say merry christmas to each other and all right. that stuff so there's evidence throughout it it's just not as blatant as it is in the other movies right
0: and and i mean you've got yeah so it's it takes place on christmas eve there's a crisp there's a holiday christmas party or christmas yeah, party that that, it's for that's for the what's hijacked, know, that's what's hijacked that's the, the whole reason there's christmas decorations um there's just a lot of that kind of stuff, but I guess it would go. This is how I look at Die Hard, and and again, we're very uh, open, I guess, inclusive to anybody's preferences. I guess mm. I don't know how to more accurately say that. Um, but this is how I think about Die Hard. Okay, some people love. Let's let's just throw one out there. Uh, I can't think of really like a Christmas Vacation, right?
1: I love that. Somebody, movie.
0: Pe- some people love that movie, right? I love it. Yeah. Some people probably don't like that movie and never watch it on Christmas. This is the way I view Die Hard: is it's a Christmas movie. Just some people don't like it to watch it on Christmas, and that's okay. Yeah. In in my opinion, in that's my, the kind in of movie. Like
1: even more than the other two, I can watch that all year round and not yeah. really think about Christmas as I'm watching it.
0: So, uh, there was a series, there's a couple different series on Netflix, so the the blank that made us, the toys that made us, the movies that made us, there was even a Christmas movies that made us, and this was in the movies that made us, which I'm surprised it didn't fall into the Christmas movies that made us, but um, one of the things they talked about for this movie was how it basically, every other movie that came after this, because what, what year did this come out, 88? Yep. Uh, like, a lot of other movies that came out after this tried to mimic the comedy action star type of like less serious less like supermanly men who doesn't matter you know, Bruce Willis and that it's exactly that. what what they said was people actually watched this in the theaters and laughed when they found out Bruce Willis was the star because he it I was forget nothing. he was in a TV show Moonlighting. yeah moonlight that's what it was and so he was not that wasn't his character right and so you had so many other movies that came out that tried to mimic that and what it was it was a kind of like a turning point for action movies so i don't think anybody would disagree or would 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 say this is not an action movie right It maybe the the whole christmas movie or not christmas movie but it is an action definitely movie. an action and so what's interesting like i said is that just that they took that and they they kind of said okay we're going to make it an action movie, but we're not going to make it a Predator or a – I don't even know. What's another good 80s classic well, like, uh, action movie? Yeah, like Horror flicks or uh, A-Team or I don't know. You know, that, those types of things. And so – Rambo. Rambo, yeah, exactly. Rambo and, and, and those – you know, Sylvester Stallone, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger style. And so that's – they wanted, they wanted – they originally wanted some of those actors to be the lead and then it just kind of – they, they kind of eventually got to Bruce Willis. And to take it a step back, you had uh, a book that came out that eventually made it to a movie in, like, the 1960s. And this movie starred Clint – not Clint Eastwood. Was it Clint Eastwood? No. Uh, there was another one. Gosh, I'm not – it's going to – I can't even oh, – you. Yeah, it's gonna haunt. But think of a Clint Eastwood type. Um,
1: gosh, what was the... the? Good, the Bad and the Ugly, like one of those, or what?
0: No, it was like a, it was like a classic action star. But he's an older, older guy. But anyways, so when this movie came out, it was this movie is a sequel cousin of that movie because the same writer who wrote this wrote a, a sequel to it that eventually wanted to become a movie that never became a movie, and it was the same general storyline. It was a six-year-old guy who actually drops his daughter off the building instead of the bad guy off the building. So they changed a lot of it and yeah. it had like rewriting and everything. That
1: really wouldn't have been a Christmas movie.
0: But this guy, and I'll have to look it up and I'll have to put it in the comments or something. Essentially, he was older at the time and the joke they made because because of the way that, you know, how goofy rights are and how goofy, you know, property licensing every. This guy had to be offered that first, and he said, "No, I'm too old to be in a movie like this." And um, he, they joked that legally they had to offer it to him, but it would have been two guys chasing each other around and rascals because they because he was just too old to do all this. So stunts. they didn't really want him. They so didn't they didn't want him. Like, no, they but they they had it. to. So so that's kind of the the backstory of this movie, but. This is the first time this last week was the first time that I actually ever watched this movie and I'm so mad at myself for never seeing this movie before.
1: And along the lines of what you're saying, I actually wrote down he's as good as it gets for playing a tough guy, good guy, but he's a screw up. Right. Makes a lot of mistakes. He's a lot of times he's a cop, but he's the cop who, you know, is told, Hey, you got one more time of you breaking the rules and you're out of here, you know, that guy and he's you know, even his wife loves him but he pisses her off regularly. He's always that guy, and he's really good at the it. The
0: word you're looking for is relatable,
1: right? He's yeah. he's a
0: character that we could all. I mean, lovable. I screw can't up. jump down a you know elevator shaft and grab the well, side of can. it. But, well, you try <laughs> grab the bottom of it as a. <laughs> um, but but he's relatable, and that's I think what what really sold this movie so much. But yeah. like I said, they didn't he, the. The big selling point wasn't Bruce Willis at first. So you look at some of the posters and the development of the posters. They had the first one, Bruce Willis in Die Hard, right? People were laughing about that. They they didn't get the response they wanted to in this, like, marketing campaign. So they took him off completely, and it was about they, – they showed the big Nagasaki or yeah. Nakatomi Sky Plaza. Plaza. Yep. And, by the way, that's Fox's building. So, hey, they just used the building that – owned by Fox and oh, really? able to use just the certain floors that were actually under construction. So when they were walking around doing all this stuff, they were like thinking like, oh, we could use that. We could use that. Well, that's probably why they did it. then. Huh? So um, but they they like, oh, you know, and then when the movie hit, then everybody started. Love Bruce Willis. Guess what? They took that same poster and literally just put his face next to the building. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> a pretty famous poster. Exactly. So. So it's like it was like this like whole iteration of. Nobody likes Bruce Willis. Everybody loves Bruce Willis. So, and and I can't, se- like, now, and I know this happened in 1988, so it's, you know, 32 years ago by now. But I can't think of Bruce Willis without thinking about him as an action star. Yeah, well, that's like, the only way I think of him now. There's, there's no other way that I could, like, be like, oh, you know, because, what is there, like, two or three, there's probably like four diehards. Oh, by there's now.
1: diehard with the vengeance diehard. Yeah, there, I think there's at least four. There's, I believe there's five,
0: actually. Because doesn't one of them take place, like, during New Year's or something? Yeah. Or so, I don't yep. know. So. Yeah, there's... But, um, but, yeah, so another little tidbit of information that I learned from watching that is that this movie was actually written, like, a couple pages ahead of filming. So they had a rewrite, and they were literally the guy that was rewriting it, which there was a guy that was, had the original script. The director wasn't getting what he wanted out of this guy. They fired him, and then they hired another guy to rewrite it. And really? he was – they had 24 pages, I think. It was like 24 pages, and that's it when they started filming. That was all they had. So Script this guy was literally writing, like, a couple scenes ahead of the filming.
1: No kidding.
0: So that's what when I'm, when I'm talking about, like, how they had, like – they walked around the building and were yeah. like, hey – like, he was literally like – yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, right. let's let's uh let's right let's do that. Shoot it. no so kidding. so he yeah, it was kind of that that kind of like you know just in time, you know. But
1: to make such an iconic movie last second spur of the moment like that is pretty amazing.
0: So one of the things that they were trying to figure out there there was two two main things that I got from this whole uh, how uh, the movies that made us uh, TV show that they at this episode. One, they had to figure out a way how they were going to introduce the main character, Bruce Willis, to the Hans Gruber character, yeah. right? Yeah. Alan Rickman. And they're like, how are we going to do this without it being super obvious or whatever? So, what it was is they were on a break, and Alan Rickman was talking to some people or whatever, and the guy that was writing, because obviously the writer had to be like right there with him because he was literally writing <laughs> right before them, you know? And so he said to him he said you know you because uh, you know he's an English actor yep. you know he was in the Harry Potter movies yep. and and they said you know you you uh, you British guys you know you do a really great American accent like he do you have too. do you have a good American accent and he says well I don't know if I have an American accent but I do have like a California guy accent and he like laid it on him and the writer was like that's it that's how we introduce them that's how we get them to, to meet each other.
1: Face-to-face. Face. I actually wrote down a line about that, too. It's funny how they brought them together.
0: Yeah, that, that they ran into each other and because he had never seen the bad guy, right? No. So it's, it's, a leg, it's a plausible thing, right? And, well, and at
1: first it seems like John McClane, Bruce Willis's character, it seems like he thinks, okay, he's just a guy and he's trying to help him. You can almost see that he figures out – at yeah. Some point, while they still the other guys playing that American speaking character, yeah, right. You can see he figures it out. That, yeah. Oh, you're the guy.
0: Yeah. He he he's a one or two steps ahead of him, and yep. and that's yeah. It definitely plays with you, especially the first time you watch it. It's like, uh, is this gonna go bad? What yeah. what is it, what is this? So it's um, cool.
1: They meet face to face for those reasons. Right.
0: Right. And the other thing that kind of caught my attention about that was. They were trying to figure out. Okay, so what's these guys' big plan? They planned all this out. They did all this this research and did all these things to try to steal these, um, this it wasn't money. There's bonds, right? Yep. They're trying to steal the bonds. But how are they going to get out of the building, right? What was the big? So, they came up with the whole idea of the van that was in the truck the whole time, right? Mm. That that's how that's how they leave it. It's a it's a it's ambulance. Yeah when they watch when they screen the movie to like a select group of people like when they first edited it and there's you know certain things that still weren't finished yet the very one of the opening scenes the guys get out of the truck and there's no van in the back of the truck you don't see the van in the back of the truck and the director's answer to that was so what He's, at that point he was just like so what so what what if uh, are they really going to go back and say there was no van in the back of the truck plot really? hole
1: so like, he was just like, that. no, it's like, I'm just not even, even going to it, to be honest. With yeah.
0: yeah. Well, no, and I wouldn't have noticed it either yeah. because you don't, but, but in the, the age of just barely VHS tapes, not yeah. even, you know, that he was just like, hey, whatever.
1: Well, people weren't so quick to point that stuff out on social media because it wasn't. Right. The, you
0: didn't have the ability to go
1: and pause and rewind. You yeah, know, and something. it wasn't, and social media wasn't the wildfire it is now where. Yeah. Hey, as I'm watching, I can see there's a major screw up in this movie. Like yeah, you know, I mean they just didn't have that back
0: then. You just enjoyed things more, I guess. Yeah, you know? actually
1: appreciated it whether it was well done or not. Yeah.
0: Um so yeah, so that was that was kind of interesting. And I guess the last like kind of interesting fact that I'd like to point out is um so they, they spent a whole day getting that one shot of Hans Gruber falling off Nakatomi oh, really? So they spent a Make whole day. Making it realistic. So what they did was they put a blue screen, like big inflatable, basically airbag below him, right? So when he fell down, he was actually falling like 40 feet. Sure. But when he fell down, it wasn't, you know, it, it looked realistic. It wasn't like super cheesy. The guy who was directing the, the um, what do they call it? The, like, the stunt guy, the stunt director, he said that. He told him, on three, we're going to let you go. And he's like, okay. Alan Rick was like, okay. He told the guy who was holding on to the rope, let
1: him go, let
0: him go on one.
1: So he looked surprised. So he
0: looked surprised. So that scene is like legitimate terror because he, he was not <laughs> it expecting it. Like
1: there's stuff coming out of him that he didn't expect that coming yeah.
0: out of him. So yeah, so it was like it was a blue screen and not a brown screen. Right. By the time. right. But um, anyways, so I, that was just some of those kind of fun things that I thought. But otherwise, yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, And it's timeless. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't so, think. Oh
1: man, because like a lot of '80s movies, it's like oh, it's kind of this one doesn't look so much, doesn't have that feel no, as much as the other.
0: No, ones, it really so. doesn't. I mean, because I mean, you think about it in like the corporate. I mean, people are still wearing suits today, right? People still have Christmas duck work parties, today. Yeah, people still work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, they still you know go to an office. So yeah, it definitely. And I like the fact, and I don't know. I'm assuming it can't. He got his big breakout role, but the cop—I forget his name—but he ends up being on Family, Family matter. Matters. You matter. know, I love that he like in that relationship. Now his
1: name is on the movie, but
0: um, that like they joked cause they had the actress who played his wife that it wasn't a love movie it was a love story about him and his wife. It was a love story about him and the cop that like had this, yeah. you know, relationship over <laughs> the radio. That's true. <laughs> you yeah. know, say so, they like embrace at the end of the movie and like all this. So anyways, I just, I like, I like those like subplots that kind of just add to the richness of what this story was. Cause it could have really easily been in another eighties, you know, action movies. So. Yeah,
1: and like you say, I, and the only other things, as far as the Christmas, possibly there's a lot of swearing. I mean, not a lot, but there's more swearing. And along the lines of the horror flick thing, because it's an action movie where there's death and guns and all that stuff, yeah, maybe right. that's why people don't want to say it's right. a Christmas and movie. That's,
0: and that's, I guess, what I was saying about like the whole, it's not a family movie, you right. know. Um, so I guess that's that would be what I would say about how it could possibly be considered not a Christmas movie.
1: There are a lot of iconic lines, but though, that I've, a, heard, I've heard from in radio broadcasts and all this. Yes.
0: Stuff. I, that was actually one thing that I realized is how many iconic lines there were. So Mickey, I'm going to let you, because you're the one who actually took notes for this one. Right. Go ahead and say some couple of those iconic lines that we all have grown to love. Well, like
1: yippee-ki-yay mother, you know, mother F, but he, I always think he says earth, but he doesn't. And then even the the <laughs> that cheesy guy who, um, who's just kind of a brown noser and he's got his face in everybody's butt when he says, "Hans Booby, I'm your white knight." I've heard that a lot, like in radio broadcasts. And stuff. Oh really? I guess yeah. I didn't.
0: I didn't pick up on that one. What what was going on during the – Oh oh, when when the guy that. The guy that's, like, hitting on his wife.
1: The, yeah, oh, and he's okay. trying to negotiate with Hans Gruber. or uh, what's he, what's Yeah, that? Alan Rickman, yeah, Hans yep. Gruber, yep. He's trying to, like, oh, I, I can help you out with this stuff. I know who the guy is. He's trying to get himself off the hook from getting killed, basically. So, yeah, that's one of the lines. And then, you know, there's there's just quite a few, like you said, that you probably never recognized.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's, like, that that one, that yippee-ki-yay, mm-hmm. mother referred, that one. I, I didn't realize – I just thought that it was just kind of like he just threw that out there. I didn't realize the Roy Rogers, like, tie into that and how basically he came up with that. It was like a – like he just came up with that line on the fl- – I don't know if it was on the fly. They may have it, wrote it in, but well, because – Well,
1: Gruber called him Cowboy.
0: Yeah, and he called him a, an American Cowboy, and they said, well, you know, and he said something about Clint Eastwood or – I don't know if he said Clint Eastwood. He might have said um, – The
1: other guy's name, maybe? Wayne.
0: John Wayne and and then he said i'm more of a roy rogers kind of guy so he talked to the writer about that and like how they like they shared like this like love for those old westerns and like he oh, talked really? about how he liked roy rogers and how it was like this like variety kid show of like yippee ki yay whatever I, yeah. i'm not going to even try to say yeah, it but,
1: that's older than my time i um, think after. so so it's like that that's
0: cool that it was like it had roots and something and it wasn't just like you know it, it had, had meaning so i guess that that would be what i would you know say about how that that line at least any any other lines that you i, have,
1: I didn't write any more down but i mean like you say you just saw the movie for the first time You're like eh, i've heard that a thousand yeah, right, times now right, i know what exactly, it's from you
0: know exactly and i mean that whole that scene where he falls off the building i've seen that a million times in yeah. a million different clips and everything and so. i was
1: i wrote that down i actually felt my palm sweat i've seen that scene so many times having watched this movie cuz once you've seen it, you want to watch it every time it's on. Right. You know, as a, if you're a guy especially... That scene still makes my palms sweat when I see him start to fall.
0: It's kind of like watching Back to the Future. It's like, is he gonna make it? Right. Is he gonna yeah. make it? You know, to
1: He's like, not gonna get through the wire.
0: So, and, and when I was a little kid and watching these movies on certain movies on VHS, I always was like, well, I hope that the the character, you know, in the middle of the movie where there's like the you know conflict, I'm like, I hope he does. He doesn't die. And you know, yeah. it's like, well, it's not gonna. Like, this I don't is know why the one movie that it's gonna end. Though that, that way. would really freak me out if it did. Um, Ten minutes in.
1: Oh man, they killed him off. Oh, this is over.
0: not. Not the Lion King. I thought I was watching. (laughs) There's
1: a lot of blood. There's no characters (laughs) left.
0: Um, But anyways, yeah. Any anything else you wanted to touch on for uh, Die Hard?
1: No, it's a Christmas movie. That's yeah,
0: good Christmas movie. Yeah,
1: Christmas songs in the soundtrack. That's a pretty good giveaway. Right.
0: Right. Yep. Yep. And last but certainly not least, Batman Returns.
1: You've seen this? I'm assuming.
0: Seen it. I I've actually the last couple.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wearing a Batman shirt that has a Packer logo in the middle of it. So, yeah, maybe. We
0: are we are in the the king of the north right now. <laughs> um but yeah, it uh I I will I'll, I'll uh, preface this by saying I definitely want to do a Michael Keaton Batman episode. He deserves it. He deserves a whole series in my opinion, probably a couple of episodes.
1: I actually wrote a lot. Any movie he's in, he's just a likable guy.
0: He's very he's he's a very talented actor.
1: Well, I mean, and he's he's kind of always got that like we were talking about Bruce Willis, kind of you know not a screw up, but kind of bumbling, you know, and stuttering, yeah. and, you know, nervous he, nervous energy about him, but confidence. Like even as the villain in the Spider Man movies, the mm-hmm. MCU Spider, right? He's even likable in those. He's right.
0: just a likable character, right? Always. Right, like it's it. He's he's an intelligent like he. He brings a certain, he brings like a certain respect. I think that's probably the best way to say right. it. It's like he's, he's like relatable, he's, resec- like he's relatable and he's respectable. Um, but yeah, I guess that all being said, we definitely want to dive into this movie as it relates to Batman nineteen eighty nine a little bit more. But specifically in terms of why this movie is a Christmas movie, I'm going to start out by saying there's people. The reason why people would say it's not, it's a Batman movie. It's Tim Burton, which uh, Tim Burton made a couple Christmas movies already, yeah, and Halloween, you know, Nightmare Before well, Christmas. We just talked about that, yeah. And uh, so, so you got, so you got those those things right off the bat. Um, it's it's not, you know, ultra focused on Christmas. It's not ultra focused on the the idea of family and friends and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, there is a lot of Christmas themes in this movie, oh, yeah. right? So, number one, wait, they've got a Christmas party that that happens. I mean, I think in all three movies. No, I guess there wasn't a Christmas party in Gremlins, but Die Hard and this movie, there's a Christmas party. The very first scene, the very first scene, they do Gotham's version of lighting up the Rockefeller Center tree. That's right. I mean, there's giant presents. There's a girl with a arguably Christmas this mrs santa claus lingerie ready to light up the christmas tree yes. it, it, it,
1: it's snowing it's christmas time in this movie I mean, at one point can't... alfred's actually decorating the tree behind right. batman's character in front of the roaring
0: fire yeah, right. of wayne manor alfred is decorating the christmas chestnuts
1: tree. roasting come on it is so it is so much
0: so so i guess i guess my wife would disagree with me <laughs> And, there is a difference between a christmas movie and a movie that
1: takes place at christmas time yeah the words just wait it's just how you word it. movie and time that's that's what you yeah that's so, our part so, and thanks for joining us we'll yeah. See you
0: yeah you know, surprise guests <laughs> um but so so that that's what i would say there's there's snow there's christmas parties there's presents there's christmas trees i mean they make reference to mistletoe and i'm going to talk about that line which i feel is super iconic right and there's just there's just a lot is it in your face ho 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 and merry christmas and jesus was born today no it's not that movie but just like Die Hard, just like gremlins it's a movie that takes place during christmas and we don't care if clearly my wife is in the camp of I'm not going to watch this movie on Christmas Eve while I'm drinking hot cocoa and writing a letter to Santa. Right. That's okay.
1: And I get that. And, like, she makes a legitimate point. If it's a Christmas movie or if it's a movie based during Christmas. I mean, that's a legitimate way to put it, which, that's not our style. She's using logic. I'm glad she stopped talking. I guess
0: guess that would be, for all of these movies, that would be the only...
1: That's the best way to describe it. Best way to the only leg
0: that you could stand on it's a movie that takes place during christmas right. not a christmas movie
1: and like you say you don't necessarily feel the need to watch it during christmas time right although like i said gremlins was on with other christmas movies in a loop on dish you know? so
0: but why is christmas vacation not a christmas a movie that takes place during christmas i mean so what elements of that movie are not present in gremlins right yeah, I mean I, I mean, I guess, and and, and granted, I kind of we're kind of going, you know, it's it's definitely got a weaker, you know, argument argument yeah. to say that this is a, but anyways, so, so yeah, I just want to get all that out of the way. <laughs> Second of all, as we talked about, Tim Burton puked all over this yeah, movie. It's definitely, very I, obvious. there's so much Tim Burton in this movie that it's basically a live action. In certain times it's a live action nightmare before christmas.
1: Well the, the lighting um, the you can music, tell, the music and Daniel the Daniel Elfman and I the mean weird, come on right and the weird angles. I mean you you just that's evidence of Tim Burton and I love that stuff cuz it's a little obscure and strange and weird and twisted and it's it's obviously Tim Burton. And
0: I'll say this once and I'll say it again and I'll probably repeat myself again when we talk about the Michael Keaton Batman movies. But who would have thought that the guy that made Edward Scissorhands, uh, 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 Paranorman, um, Nightmare Before Christmas, and uh, Beetlejuice yeah. would have made arguably two of the best Batman movies of all yeah. time? And that's what I didn't gen- even
1: realize until I watched it again. It, right,
0: because it's so he does it so well, and in, in like I've said with other actors, you know. You can be an actor who plays a role that has been played before, and a good actor who does that brings their own spin to it, but you look at that actor and say, that is Catwoman, right? Yep. You look at Halle Berry, that is, at Hathaway, that is Catwoman. You look at Anne Hathaway, that is Catwoman. You look at Michelle Pfeiffer, which arguably is the best Catwoman, so. and say, she is Catwoman.
1: And I but I don't you like also I say, say
0: this. this is Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Yeah, well, exactly. And she brought a different spin on it. And yeah, she doesn't remind good. me of the other two you mentioned at all. Right, right. But and I know you don't like it necessarily when I say this, but she's very sexy in this movie. I will.
0: I is my wife still listening? I will agree with. I will agree with you that n- I'm. I'm assuming because I was only two when this movie came out, but I'm assuming a many a teenage boy had sure. a had a poster of Michelle Pfeiffer in like a leather two, but... in a leather outfit oh, yeah. with a whip. Right, especially uh, in when the, she's gained her confidence. In the mid '90s, you know,
1: and once she's gained her confidence as that character, not maybe the Mousy one early right, on, right, right, where she's just kind of pushed. She's a rug, basically. And, you
0: know, and can we, yeah, can we just talk about how well they cast this movie? Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer does phenomenal she's as a Cat. Actress, the yeah. the transition period, that origin story of where how she becomes Catwoman, terrific. Mm-hmm. Mwah! Chef's kiss, terrific. Yeah, but also. I can't find the line in between, you know, the penguin and Danny DeVito. Like
1: no. he is the penguin. Oh, yeah, like that's it. so like even like, his voice, the way he sounds so gruff and he's you can right. see he's bitter and he's you know, he's been pushed down by the world and
0: And he has an intriguing story Yeah, line. Exactly. Like, the later Batman movies just they they lacked that, right? They don't develop the, the two, villains as two, much. Who's Two Face? Cool, Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face, but why do, I, why do I care about him? Yeah. Right? You know, they they give him like a five second. Yeah, he was a past whatever, but it just it yeah it's Other just so. Other than
1: Joker, which they developed his character very well, they don't develop those villains' characters very well, right? And, and they did it in this movie very again. Well.
0: I I don't want to dive too deep into this, but one of the things I do want to point out is that there was a plan to make the character who was um. Uh, Max Shrek. I think it's Max Shrek. the guy the that uh, Christopher Walken's character, which it's Christopher I was just going to say, four iconic
1: names you just threw out there, Michael Keaton, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, and Christopher Walken. Everybody yeah. knows who they are.
0: So their plan was to originally make his character Harvey Dent. I mean, everything about what his character was screams that this is a Harvey Dent origin story for a possible third movie. Like... Like, he wasn't supposed to die at the end. He was supposed to turn into Two-Face at the end oh, with Catwoman. Really? So that whole falling out with Tim Burton and Michael Keaton and everything that kind of led to what we then got with um, Val Kilmer is why that never came to fruition. Sure. <laughs> but but basically, um, uh, the guy that – I'm horrible with names. I just want to apologize to my friends and family and, and the fans – uh Billy D- Billy Dean uh, the guy who played Lando.
1: Oh, Billy Billy D Williams.
0: Billy D Williams, he was Two-Face or uh, he was uh Harvey Dent in 1989 Batman. And he was kind of supposed to be coming back as Is that the Val him. Kilmer one? No, 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 the Batman in 1989 Batman. Oh, the first Batman. Yep. With, with he with was okay. by name called out as Harvey Dent. Really? So, there was, like, this groundwork that they were kind of trying to lay, and there was, you know... So, anyways, like I said, we want to get into that more. I want to touch base on that movie and how it relates to what we're going to be seeing in the future with with the Flashpoint movie and all that. But, in the end, it's just... I I watched this movie... I, maybe I just didn't, didn't have as much of hyper-focus as I didn't... In the past, I didn't have as much of hyper-focus. But, the... Some of the lines that the Penguin has, like only reason they got into a future length movie, were because of Tim Burton and his directing style and in well, everything.
1: Ominous and dark. Yeah. But
0: I mean, he. I let's go down the list. He steals a baby, returns <laughs> it. He has just toxic waste that he just casually is throwing around. He. Bites off a man's nose with blood that gushes everywhere.
1: Now tell me it's not a Christmas movie. (laughs) It's not not
0: Christmas until I see the penguin bite off.
1: Right. At least my nose isn't biting. A a campaign (laughs) person's nose. He has
0: that whole interaction with Catwoman where they just make, like, not even trying to make a sexual innuendo. Like, just strewn about with her Putting. And by the way, that was a live bird that she put in her mouth for the recording of it.
1: Yeah, it must have been because it flew away.
0: Um, and then my the best movie, uh, the best line of the entire movie from the penguin from Danny DeVito was, "What does it matter, men or men or or women? You know, male or female, uh, firstborn or secondborn." They all, what does it matter? Their erogenous zones are going to all be blown up. And I'm like, why did you, why did you say that? that like, happen? that was so unnecessary. That was about. so unnecessary. I
1: had to rewind it because like, did I catch that right? Did Is he that really? Sick mind oh, Lord, It's so, uh, it's
0: just so just, I, he's v- a
1: very character who really needs the affection of a woman. Because, I mean, obviously he's been stuck in a sewer for so long, but it's, The innuendos are just out there in
0: your face. Right, right. So, but anyways, that's just kind of like a side note that I was just like, wow. And then I hear another line out of them, and I'm like, wow, wow. And it's just like, I don't know. So um, I do want to touch on uh, the relationship between Catwoman and and Batman and and kind of like, again, how that kind of relates to Christmas. But what, uh, I guess, what else kind of stood out to you or was kind of, interesting about watching this movie a second time or again
1: Um, i've probably seen it four or five times i just it's really well done um and as far as the christmas theme, merry christmas alfred and goodwill towards men and women i mean that's the very last line of the movie right that's christmas baby
0: And it so and if correct me if i'm wrong that is christmas eve when he picks up the cat at the end of the movie, right? And like, yep, oh, I think so, yeah. And clearly, even then, you see Catwoman stand up in front of the, you know, Moonlight or the yeah. Bat-Signal. So, like, clearly they were even, like, hinting towards another right. movie after that. So, I guess that would be kind of how I would categorize this, is you've got a lot of Christmas elements. And in, in, to my wife's point, which... I guess I'm gonna admit this bomb, on left. I'm gonna admit this on a podcast, but my wife does have a good point that there. <laughs> of course, she heard that. Uh, that. there is, I could, I can at least respect. Not that I agree, but I can at least respect the difference between a Christmas movie yeah. and a movie that takes place on Christmas.
1: Uh, we're not logic is not necessary in our podcast, but she did bring some, and I yeah. guess she deserves credit for it. Right? Not again. It won't happen again.
0: <laughs> um. So, so that's what I would say, say about Batman returns and there, like I said, I've, I've obviously researched and and watched movie or listened to podcasts and watched you know, things about, about this movie. But I think that the most iconic line that kind of, like I said, makes it a Christmas movie slash a movie that takes place at Christmas, uh, is that whole interaction between Catwoman and him where she says he, so he says, no, what did, I think it's, she says,
1: he says, she says, that was a different moment.
0: one of them. So, so I believe she starts it out by saying, or he starts it out by saying, uh, a kiss can be deadly
1: Under the mistletoe. or a
0: mistletoe can be deadly, yep. but a kiss can be dead even deadlier if you mean, mean it. Right. Yeah. And then they find out that who they are they're at the dance when they repeated that, but out of their reversed the line. That's so He said, even deadlier if you mean it. A kiss mm-hmm. can be deadly. Because I think, yeah, so that's what it was. Is The first time Batman says, uh, mistletoe can be deadly if you eat it. And In their she costumes, says, they say it. She says. The other point that I love the genius of writing, and, and it worked and it just came off without a hitch, because it was Michael Keaton, and because it was Michelle Pfeiffer, is at the beginning of the movie, after Batman and Catwoman had first been introduced... They meet each other as Selina Kyle and Bruce Wayne at Shrek's office, and he said, I mistook me for someone else. Yeah. Instead of, I mistook you for someone else. she
1: calls him out for that. And he
0: says, don't you mean?" yeah. It's
1: so – like,
0: it just plays on that whole internal battle that Batman has of who's the real person. Yeah. Because a lot of people would argue that Bruce Wayne is the costume and Batman's the real person. And so – it's just it plays on that so well and it kind of I I there there's a lot that the MCU has done and I'm gonna get up on my soapbox and say this right now, but there's a lot that the MCU has done that's been really well developed and developing characters and everything else that goes along with that. But I feel like certain action movies and even the MCU can fall into this category sometime. They don't take the time to do those psychological mind game type of what are we going to we're going to ask this really important pivotal question and we're going to come back to those themes throughout the movie and subtly like that right
1: you got to pay attention but then it comes and then you're thinking about it the entire movie because here's the reality
0: of it in in real life if we had a we have a real batman but if we had a real batman he wouldn't come out and, and say to people I'm struggling with it. Like, unless he's going and talking to his therapist about this kind yeah. of stuff, like you're not going to get that in everyday interactions with people, especially during something as serious as a business deal with someone that casual. <laughs> and so that to me just kind of goes to show what the right, the the genius of the writing and the understanding of the lore of Batman and the character who is Batman in the comics and in the movies that were to come. So Anyways, that's well, kind of and, just and
1: it go, like you said before. It goes along with the flirting, that not over the top, but yeah, obviously, right. sec, obvious sexual tension between Catwoman and Batman because they both like even he he's the Dark Knight, so people often question his um, if he's truly good. Mm-hmm. You know, he's try he is good, but that's often, a trope
0: that is often comes up in the, even the Spider Man movies. Sorry, just a no, quick no. quick uh, detour. Um, You saw this in the, la- the end of the last Spider-Man movie that people are turning against Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, happened in the second Spider-Second or third Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. It it's like the Dark public. Night, Dark Knight. Dark Knight. So, yeah. like, this is a very common thing that people, like, th- during the movie he got framed and then he got his car carjacked is that Batman is uh, public enemy number one at a certain well, point. He's
1: he's in the shadows. I mean, he he's an Avenger and it basically, I mean, in his own right, not in the movies, in the Marvel movies, but but because he's always in the shadows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, mm-hmm. some of these other heroes are out in the open, and they, their identities are still secret, but they're out in the open. You can see him. He's kind of always at night and in the shadows and doing stuff without people really seeing him. And I'm right. and, um, sorry to interrupt you now, but to, to, to the same point, Catwoman kind of borders on... Am I right. good? Why am I doing this? Am I that? You know, she wants to be bad, but she wants to be good too. So yeah? she,
0: and again, I want to get that like um, that chart with like chaotic, neutral. You know, good, good, neutral, and evil, evil. You know, there's like this little Punnett square of like sure. personality. But she has always been. If anybody has any like idea or like has paid attention to Catwoman at all, they did it a good. They did a good job of this uh, in the Dark Knight trilogy. Excuse me, but she is that character that toes the line, right? She basically does what she wants and she doesn't let good terms like good or bad or bad define how she lives her life. She doesn't have that strict code that Batman has, but at the same time, she still has compassion and what makes it more complicated and really what they dig into in this is that she's a love interest of Batman.
1: Yeah. Well, and like you say, he's always trying to be good, but he's, misconstrued as bad a lot right. of times so they both deal with the same thing and they have interest with each other and it's like well if you're all good or all bad you're probably not going to have that but because right. she toes the line and he he's has, gonna arrest her and throw
0: her in jail right. but he doesn't yeah. but, they, you know. but
1: oh crap i like her
0: so yeah we're gonna round out our, our discussion here of, of batman returns like we said we we're gonna talk more on this movie in the future but um Anything else that you wanted to bring up? I know you talked a little bit about the uh, different characters who have played Batman, but you were yeah, saying... Yeah, I
1: guess I I prefer ba- Christian Bale the most because that Dark Knight trilogy was it was amazing because I think it's more um, true to the comics and it's just a little more dark and ominous. And But having said that, I liked uh, Michael Keaton and even George Clooney a little until information you just told me because he seems kind of conceited about it. But I like yeah. that they bring humor to the role because that's right. always important to me too, but... Christian Bale didn't do that, but I still love those movies the most. And Val Kilmer, eh, I could have done without him.
0: Yeah, is an interesting choice. But, I mean, that's a – I don't know. And What we were talking about is that George Clooney didn't – he wasn't – he didn't like the fact – he didn't like the way that that movie turned out, and he's not proud of it, and he kind of downplays it. I don't know about you but I wish that I had that kind of resume that I could be like, yeah, I was Batman once, but yeah, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. That's
1: one of my bad movies.
0: Yeah. So it's like that pedigree, I mean, <laughs> I know that I know that I shouldn't be saying these types of things, but I mean, you're almost you're in the category of like like a guy who played Batman is less of a category than like a US senator or a president. Like oh, sure. if you said that you played Batman, like that's kind of a big deal, you well, know. He's
1: one of the first comic book heroes ever. Right. I mean, first Superman, then Batman.
0: So that's, I, it just floors me when actors do that. It's just like, oh, well, okay. Well. Yeah,
1: well, and I mean, and the other actors that were in this movie, too, it's like, it's not like it was, um, you know, like when Ryan Reynolds talks about Green Lantern or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Where right. it was kind of a colossal bomb, you know? Right. This was a well-received movie with some big-name actors in it.
0: Yeah. But anyways, we diverge because we probably will cover both of those movies in like a part of a segment someday. Probably but, say all that stuff again too. Uh, but yeah. So that's all. That's all I've got to to say. Um, other than Google letting me know about that they updated their terms, I haven't gotten any Monty and Mickey podcast emails. Um, anything else that you wanted? Any anything else go I mean, like I said, we um we possibly were thinking about doing at least one more before the. Uh, for Christmas, Star Wars, uh, we're probably gonna do yeah cover the it, one if not both of the holiday specials if if you're you know if you're good with that. Well,
1: I mean, we could probably rip on the first original live action holiday for a full hour, but yeah, uh, I mean, we could include the Lego one too because we can. I know. think
0: I think that was it was like I said, it's not either one of those on their own are to my opinion not gonna carry can, it episode. carry no episode. Although we um, could
1: criticize the holiday special, the first one. yeah right there's
0: definitely been podcasts that have covered that in a whole episode but uh the other thing that i just want to point out is kind of more of in the news but it's all but then but ben said that toby Maguire, andrew garfield and a lot of the past um characters who played villains in previous spider-man movies are going to be in this spider-man 3 oh really in with, Spider-Man 3, I thought with, you were going to say the Spider-Verse. Well, I think that what it's going to do is it's going to hint towards that or it's going to be, like, part of part of that. So, um, obviously, uh, they talked about having Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, but then they also – the guy who played Dr. Octopus in okay. the Tobey Maguire version, yep. he's going to be apparently a character. I wonder what character he'll be. Yeah, right. Really. Uh, and then Electrode, which – I didn't even watch the second Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. No, me either. He's going to be in this. Tom okay. Holland's obviously in it again. Tom, they they pretty much have been. Yeah, well, yeah. Tom Holland's for okay, sure. Good. Um, but, but then, then J. Joe Jameson, uh, that his character, I always forget his name in real life, but he was clearly in the end credit scene of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Far From Home. Yeah. So they're they're putting together the pieces for a into the spider-verse type of situation so what
1: would be part of the mcu
0: yeah part really? of the part of the sony mcu oh, okay. so you yeah. know whatever yeah, money, money money just money, sell, money. sell it to disney already i used to not be like that i used to be like hold out fight the man yeah, you know right. and now at the point where i'm like and DC's doing better but I'm kind of like DC just sell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Well, we want Sony we, just sell. Universal just sell.
1: We want some continuity and you're going to get a couple of dollars so it's not like anybody's going to lose. Also, I'm not even I, I wouldn't even
0: say sell but just make a deal with them like don't even like right. just don't dig your heels in so hard yeah
1: why are you trying to hold this car over their head just be part of it be part right. of it. it's huge money maker you're gonna make more money this way than you would just selling out you
0: know so and i think that's why the so in order for it to be the rules that they established way back when which i'm sure have been you know revised since then with this huge blowout you know, negotiations that sony and in marvel or slash disney had done but one of the things is every Spider-Man movie has a different character from the MCU. So you had mm-hmm. Spider-Man and Iron Man, you had Spider-Man and Nick Fury. You had, huh. you had the Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok. That's a universal character who is Hulk, who is with Thor. Right. So there's like this weird, like loophole I I and like, but there is so, the shoe, so they're you know, but anyways, so that's, that's, I guess all I have to say about that is that it's pretty, pretty big news as, Somebody who does podcasting and talking about comics for a living said, "If it were not for the multiverse Keaton uh, announcement, this would have been the biggest announcement of the year." Oh, for sure. So that's huge. You know, and those
1: movies were really well received. I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Anyways, that's all I've got to say for today uh I guess go out there and watch some Christmas movies. Hopefully, like I said, we'll try to sneak in one more podcast before the uh, end of the year or before the Christmas season but uh you know as as we always like to say,
1: getting old is mandatory,
0: but growing up is optional. Thanks guys <laughs> <Just breathe. laughs> like, What kind of creepy person you have at the end of your show now. No.